Good evening and welcome to tonight's episode of The Crime Shop. Homeless advocates versus the city of Denver. Both sides taking aim at one another and missing their mark. Now I'm not sure where my readers or listeners are from, but I'm in Denver and our homeless issues seem to be never ending. In fact, they continue to grow to epic proportions. For instance, just tonight when I got out of my vehicle to come into my apartment, I noticed some young man out there who is what I guess was high or crazy going after someone who was just trying to get around them and walk home. I mean, I thought the guy was going to assault this poor man. I really did. He clearly wasn't in his right mind, but these are the kinds of homeless issues that we face here in Denver, among many other issues that we have with him. And and I will say this, and I'll probably say it again towards the end of the article, the homeless that we are experiencing here in Denver right now, and I'm sure nationwide many of you are facing, are not the same homeless people that we saw about five or six years ago. You know, we might have a few old timers here that have been homeless for quite some time, but this is a completely different group and different type of homeless individual. And they have different needs than what a lot of these advocates are telling you. Recently, homeless advocates were rather unfairly taking aim at the city of Denver, whilst Denver took aim right back. But both groups missed their mark completely. Per Grant Francis with Mutual Aid, the group asserts that the city of Denver unfairly targets events that generate any kind of income for the city. So right before a big event, the city does a sweep and gets rid of the homeless tent cities, you know, the ones that you see popping up by the big events. I did notice that Grant failed to mention the part about the homeless preferring to build tent cities near major events, heavily trafficked areas, and the like. Anyway, the city of Denver asserts that simply is not true. They tend to target the areas with the larger homeless population, and the larger camps make it impossible for the foot traffic leading to the event to navigate safely which makes absolute sense. Both sides are wrong and both sides are right. Sometimes it's as if a homeless encampment is allowed to grow as big as some do just in an effort to support an agenda or an idea. That is on both sides, honestly. What's more is that the city removed almost three tons of trash and over 200 pounds of propane, which does not include the improperly disposed of needles and human waste from an event that they cleared out by Coors Field recently. Let's be clear. Do you think that it is welcoming or even good advertising for visitors of the city to be walking to a game and watch a homeless guy jack off in a busy intersection? That is an actual true story. A friend of mine was in town visiting for a Rockies game last year and got quite an eyeful strolling to the game. Or is it that advocates want people to see someone taking a crap on the sidewalk where everyone is walking? Shoot up or smoke meth or crack in the same area? How about being harassed because that happens all of the time by the homeless? No? 
That's not what advocates want, because if you live here, you see this all of the time. Why would the city want to advertise that? Of course they need to clean things up a bit before big game. It does not take an idiot to figure that out. Now, the city does have tiny home villages. We have our safe outdoor spaces, as well as vouchers for hotels and motels, when that's necessary, if people can get the vouchers. There seems to be a lot of confusion about them. Some homeless will tell you that they didn't know that they could get a voucher, whilst others will tell you that every time they try to get one from the many organizations that offer them, they have none. So that's obviously a huge disconnect right there. Well, what the fuck is happening to all the vouchers? The problem with the tiny villages and safe outdoor spaces are curfews, they, and they are not near the more heavily populated areas where the homeless like to be so that they can panhandle or rob people, get access to illegal drugs and sit around high and drunk all goddamn day. That is the elephant in the room many advocates don't like to publicly discuss. Yet they are quick to point their little fingers at the naughty city, now aren't they? Last year, House Keys Action Network Denver did a poll of the homeless, the first ever of its kind, and learned what the homeless say the issues are. Now, one of the biggest issues in the report was that we have all of these so-called agencies and groups that get funding and are here to help the homeless. They are here to help them get into long-term housing. They are here to assist with addiction recovery, help the homeless obtain stable work. Yet for many, these groups are not helping. So what the fuck? I just saw an email from Stout Street the other day asking for donations, monetary, no less. And according to a report, many of the homeless who sought help with Stout Street never received it. It had been three years for some of them. Years, not days, not weeks, but years. And they still hadn't received help. I think some are going on four, if I remember correctly. That's a joke. And we all know that is. Someone is getting the money that should be going to the homeless, and it's not the homeless. Access to city and state services took a hit in the report. Many had issues getting food stamps, healthcare, and bus passes. It's just simple, even to get a replacement bus certificate, because, you know, if they lose the ID, they don't have any documents. So it takes a while, but come on, you can't fast track that for a homeless person, but you want me to put them in a home. Get your shite together, people. Roughly 17% of the respondents said that they could afford nothing and needed housing to be free. But the rest could afford something, but it wasn't much, meaning it had to be near free rent. But even if and when they could get a job and housing, some lose the housing within a year because of rent hikes. We love to talk about affordable housing, but the affordability is for a limited time only, you see. So there was a news report, if I remember right, a week or two ago, maybe three weeks ago, about a woman who's on disability and, you know, she's got all kinds of public assistance and they put her into affordable housing. And the affordable housing went up something like three to 10%. I think it was 10%. Maybe it was five to 10. And forgive me, because I might not be remembering this right. 
but it was a very high percent. It went up and she had nowhere to go. She was going to lose her home and she had only been there for a year. So affordable housing, no matter how it's sold to you, is for a limited time only, which is why I urge people don't vote for it, honestly, until you know that all the ducks are in the row, you shouldn't be voting for it because you have no idea what they're doing. But here's what gets me the most about the report. Many that were polled expressed a want for freedom and community. That freedom being that they did not want housing that had things like substance free, no drugs. They didn't want curfews. A guest policy, they don't want a limit on guests, apparently. They don't want to be forced to take medication or to get therapy. Yet they want free housing. Look, mates, how many apartments do you know that would allow for you to have unlimited guests in a single day, homeless or not? So as you see, the issue is on both sides and advocates are not quick to talk about the issues from their side. Denver has a goal of cleaning up the problem within five years. I personally do not see that happening because to clean it up, you need to understand it. Our leadership does not understand it. And from what I can tell, neither do the advocate groups. You can look at other cities and see what they are doing, but the homeless here currently aside from some of the long timers are a much different group than they were five years ago. I say this a lot and I know that it is not a popular idea. The homeless that truly want help should get it. But in a normal society, we all have parameters around our day-to-day lives from when we have to start work, to what we can wear to work, to obeying traffic laws, not walking out of the store with something without paying for it. Is putting parameters around homeless housing the worst idea? No, as it leads the way to them becoming contributing members of society. That is one step. And any time I hear the homeless or advocates say, well, they don't want parameters around or parameters around housing, or any of that, I laugh, it's a joke. We all have that and they should have it in order to get off of the street. It's a step and if you want off, here's step one. For those that don't want to clean up, that want to continue to lie, cheat, steal, rob, put them in jail. And for those that will never be able to hold a job, who are so far gone mentally, And trust me, we have our fair share here. Institutionalize them. At least they will be safe from harm and properly cared for and medicated. Either way you shake it up, it is a tax burden for us all. And that is all for tonight's episode of The Crime Shop.